What's up, everybody? My name is Jacob Deaton, and thanks for coming back to another episode of Southern Wedding Professionals, where we talk to really cool people within the wedding industry and sometimes other industries, too, um, that uh, have a unique story or just a really cool people. So today, of course, I have another really cool person to hang out with because I told you that I did. Um, her name is Anita Amin, and she's with Amina Events. So, Anita, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Jacob, for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so happy that you uh, were available to take the time to hang out with us and for us to get to know you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, um, just as a background in general, like, just to give us some sort of broad strokes to start with here, why don't you introduce your company to us and, uh, and our listeners and uh, let us know what you do. Yeah, um, so I started Amina Events um, uh, September of 2018. Um, previous to that, for about 10 plus years, I was in the world of association management and I was working for a company um, and the firm got bought out. And so I decided at that point, I didn't like the changes and I was going to make a move. And that's when I decided um, in 2018 to start my own firm. Um, I primarily do uh, South Asian events um, and weddings, so that's kind of my bread and butter, uh, but I still kept a lot of my corporate and nonprofit and association groups, so I do have a few of those as well. So I would say about 75% weddings and social events and maybe 25 of still like the association uh, meetings type world as well. So yeah, and then obviously COVID hit, so <laughs> that was a bit of a challenge, um, but I'm excited for 2021 and what's to come, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, I don't get a chance to uh, speak to someone uh, as, as uh, you know, that has the specialization that you do yeah. um, with the weddings that you do, uh, and I'm really excited to learn more about uh, this, um, but maybe let's start with uh, just speaking about, um, you know, when you made that transition uh, in 2018, um, uh, how did you, how did you make that transition so smooth to where you're working as much as you are now? I, I will say I was fortunate. I'm, I'm raised, I, was, I wasn't born here, but I was raised here. I went to Georgia State in Atlanta, so I'm from Atlanta. Um, so I have a lot of ties here to the community. Um, and a, a big reason for my smooth transition is a lot of the networkings, a lot of the contacts that I had kept throughout, um, throughout my years in the events world, whether it be venues and just knowing what's out there in Atlanta and Metro Atlanta, basically. Um, and then just kind of transitioning from the corporate side and working with them on social events. So I would get a lot of business that way. And then my parents live in Conyers, Georgia, just 30 minutes. Um, um, and they've been a staple in the Indian community for years. So they've been giving me more wedding referrals and stuff. So I have been very fortunate that I have a base and I had a base when I decided to make the move. That's uh, clutch because not everybody always starts with that sort of, you know, uh, network yeah. uh, to start with. So that's really cool that you were able to keep um, a lot of your past corporate clients without any sort of like, you know, uh, conflict of interest or anything like that. Um, you were able to kind of take those along with you as like a nice base 
Um, and then of course the, the family uh, pumping you up and uh, getting you some work that way. Yeah. Uh, I'm a firm believer in like, don't burn bridges. You never know when things are gonna come around. Um, I, you know, with social media these days, like you get to keep in touch with all sorts of contacts, like, you know, so I think a referral can really come from anywhere. Um, so it's really important, um, I feel like to wherever, whatever setting you're in to, you know, represent your company and, you know, um, be self-aware of like a business really could come from anybody these days. So speaking of every, um, everybody and anywhere, yeah. Um, you mentioned like social media and stuff like that. Like, where are you most putting your eggs in baskets as far as like marketing and advertising? Um, and if so, how are you doing it? Are you actually running paid advertising or are you just literally relying on the power of social media itself? I, I've used Instagram has been my primary um, mode of uh uh, social media use. Um, I do have some Facebook tech stuff and we have been doing some paid advertising. Um, I do actually have someone that runs my social media accounts for me just because I don't, I'm not good at it. <laughs> That's just not one of my strong suits. And it's very much something that you have to keep on and be consistent about for it to work. Um, post weekly, daily, whatever the case may be. So, um, but we have, we run um, a lot of campaigns on Instagram. And then I do have obviously a lot of like, you know, advertisements on like wedding wire profiles on different um, in our South Asian world, we have South Asian bridal magazine and Maharani wedding. So I do have accounts, um, uh, vendor profiles with those websites. Um, but I, I try to, so, um, Instagram is really kind of where um, I try to spend a lot of my time on or, sure. or focus a lot of our energies on. Sure. And so, um, so is your, is your basic strategy, like you're just posting like one time a day or is it like several times a day or is it like once a week or like, do you have an idea as to like sort yeah. of how that breaks down? We try to do one to two posts a week. Um, and then we try to keep our stories up to date. So like what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis, or if I'm on a site visit, trying to keep the story portion going. Um, but post-wise, um, one, at least once a week, if not twice a week, um, yes. just to keep it, because let's be honest, the first thing people do once they hear your name, they're, they're going to Google. So they could, they're, they're either going to, or they're going to go to Instagram and check your page out to see your work. So, um, I try to keep my website updated as much as possible and um, uh, keep the Instagram posts going too. So, right. That's really cool. Um, I, I find that most people are, you know, in the wedding industry are, you know, pretty affixed on uh, Instagram and it seems yeah. to be where everybody's eyes, you know. Yeah. Sort and of it's, it's economical, like, especially starting out, I didn't have a huge marketing budget. Like, that wasn't something I, you know, but then I realized I was like, you got to spend the money to make the money into that type of situation too. And um, I've done a few bridal shows when they were happening and that was, you know, that's a nice place to get some leads and stuff like that. But um, if people don't have anywhere to follow up or, and people are visual, they want to see the pictures. They want to see the pretty pictures. Even if it's someone they don't know, they want to see like, Oh, that's, uh, Oh, she did a, that's a beautiful wedding cake. Like, you know, so um having a place like Instagram to do that, I think it's a huge, especially for small businesses. I think, I think it's an invaluable resource. Yeah. Have you messed around with any other platforms aside from Instagram? I mean, that maybe have 
given you success or not given you success? Have you tried like Pinterest? Do you use Facebook at all? Um, I have the accounts. Like, yeah, I do have Pinterest. I have Facebook. I just don't get as much, or we've tried to do the um, tracking of everything. Like when we do posts and stuff and I, uh, our social media, like she does look at all of that. And from what we can tell, our Instagram is really getting the most traction. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, we haven't really done um, any, any other type of like TikTok or anything like that. I'm like one step at a time. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, it's, it's all consuming and the thing is. Is that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, to create original pieces of content for each one of these different platforms. So it doesn't seem like you're maybe co- copying and pasting to yeah. each one. Um, it's a lot of work and um, it really requires, um, you know, when you really get down to it, um, someone that's really dedicated to it in yeah. a lot of ways, or you become dedicated to it and you and that but then somebody else is picking up another side of your business you know rather yeah. than uh what you're you currently do so um is that the only employee that you have um that's like kind of like regularly working with you or do you guys have you have a team of planners that you have or anything like that day to day it's just me um i'm the lead planner um eventually i would like to expand and bring in more planners under the umbrella amina events umbrella but I contract out the social media and um, accounting and bookkeeping, I contract out. Those are two areas. I was like, if I'm not good at it, then spend the money to find someone to do it for you. And um, again, don't want to get like accounting and bookkeeping important part, but that is time consuming and um, can, you know, same with the social media piece. Like, you know, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not, you know, recruiting and you know working with my brides so um it's those were those are the two aspects that i have definitely contracted out but everything else and then obviously day like on the weekend of an event i do contract out help but um yeah monday through friday it's just me though (laughs) i mean self-awareness is really the key right knowing what you're good at and doubling and tripling down on the things that you're great at and that you're supposed to be great at and not worrying about being an expert at other things because there's people out there that are. Yes, I've what, yes. Like that was the first thing with the social media piece was like, I could probably do it. I could probably take some online lessons, you know, do some webinars, learn how to do it. But it's time consuming, like to do those pretty videos and to make it like actually engaging versus just posting a picture. is, so yeah, I, I, I learned very quickly that this is not something that, and I don't have an interest in it. Like even in my personal life, it's not something that's super important to me. So um, like keeping up with that, that's, uh, that, was, that was a main reason of outsourcing that piece. Um, and it's been a great partnership. So we've been working, Krupp and I have been working together, oh gosh, almost two years now. So, um, and keeping the content going through COVID was super important to me as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super happy with outsourcing what I don't know. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that's amazing. Um, uh, to me, have building that team around you that can really support you um, to keep you focused on the things that you're great at is, is so important. And I, for one, am 100% guilty at being the guy that's like, no, I need to know how to do like everything. You know, like I need to be doing everything. And it took me forever to realize that I needed like a VA because um, I, I was, uh, somebody uh, 
sort of, uh, I, I guess, I guess the right word would be um, shadowed uh, me in a way, or just got to know like what all I was doing all at one time. And, and they're like, Jacob, you can't keep doing this. Well, like, ultimately, you you're either going to get burnt out or balls are going to stop drop or they're going to start dropping and something's going to have to give and or it's like your personal life. And, you know, there's there has to be a balance. And especially like in a small business where it's just one or two people on a day to day activity like it's I can I can imagine it's so easy to get um, burnt out or, you know, things start falling through the cracks and that's that's that falls on your brand eventually and um that's not a that's not a good look so mm-hmm. yeah it's um it, it was so funny to me because whenever I expanded to having I was like okay I can't continue to do contract invoicing you know uh follow up for, things but they're time consuming <laughs> time consuming and like I was like I can't continue to expand the business and also take care of the business. I either have to choose one or the two, you know? And so it was like, am I going to be an ambassador for my brand or am I going to be just the guy who pushes paperwork all the time? And then, so I was like, either I need to hire an ambassador for the brand or I need to hire um, a, uh, an administrative assistant to handle all the work. And I was like, well, I don't want somebody else talking about my brand. Yeah. For me, it became better than anyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to be the most passionate about it anyway. So, you know, I feel you like having that team around you is so, so important. And so many vendors I know that are out there that I've spoken to on this podcast um, that are pretty much DIY all the way at home, you know, eventually in an off camera conversation, I'm like, hey, do you have a VA? Because if you don't have a virtual assistant, if you don't know what that means, VA, um, like, if, if you don't have that happening for you, even at a point where you just employ them a few hours a week, um, you are, you are, you are going to hurt your brand actually long term. You know, like I was fine. If you're not responding to leads in an appropriate amount of time that people are going to go other places, they're going to start quoting and getting like, it's, it's reaction time is a big part of it. Um, responsive time. Um, I know like if I don't get back to someone, then they're going to be like, oh, wait, if I sign with her, is she going to be this delayed and getting back to like, why would I want to sign with anyone like that? So it, it's a trickle effect. Um, so absolutely. I, um, I, I chose to concentrate on that and making sure I was responsive and my emails and stuff like that and letting the other stuff contracting it out. Like, and yeah, like, like you said, a couple of hours, there's, there's plenty of people that are doing things like, you know, and you don't have to go to these big firms or anything like that. There's people that are working, you know, from their homes, just like, you know, and want a side gig and, and that may be all you need. So um, uh, I think, I think looking into something like that would be super helpful for anyone starting out and just, so they're not drowning. (laughs) (laughs) It is, uh, it is true. Um, and uh, speaking of drowning, um, let's talk about COVID and how that's impacted your business and sort of like, uh, you know, how you're uh, pushing through to the other side of all this. Yeah. Um, 2019 was a challenge or 2020 um, was a challenge. Um, but a lot of it was just trying to navigate um, uh, because there was just so much uncertainty. I remember vividly having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine, um, an initial bride, um, right around March of 2020. And we're like, let's, let's give it, you know, we'll, we'll be 
three months or, you know, at the end of summer, we'll be, we'll be good to go. And like, it was the uncertainty of it. And then you as the planner are supposed to exude confidence and know all the answers. And that was just one thing that none of us knew, like no one had a crystal ball. So a large part, like, you know, we've, I had some brides that postponed like two or three times because we pushed it to late in 2020. That didn't happen. Um, and I still have some postponements still that are still not confident, um, that they can pull off a safe and, um, you know, and a lot of travel going on travel restrictions. So I still have people postponing. So that's, that's been hard, but I think, just knowing that we're all in this together and kind of being compassionate about, and I get the contracting side. Um, I, I understand like deposits and all of that kind of stuff because I'm running a small business too. But I think if we can all figure out a way to be like, you know, work as a team and figure this out because it's not the bride or the groom's fault either. Like this is happening. So um, it's, and as a planner, you're the middle person trying to navigate vendors and trying to appease the couple too. And so that piece has been challenging without having definite answers. Like I promise by summer of 2021, we'll be good to go. I can't make that guarantee. So um, it's it's the big question marks and unknowns everywhere. That's been the biggest challenge. And at, for a planner who's type A, you want the answers. You're like, how this, this isn't fun. <laughs> like, um, uh, and then a lot of it um, just from like a vendor side of point, um, with all the venues, like there's been a lot of furloughs going on. Uh, people are working on very limited capacities. Um, some have shut down, like, so um, navigating that world, like how do you get money back from if, if a vendor's gone out of business or, you know, not everyone's been fortunate um, to weather the storm. So um, there's just a lot more questions and answers that COVID has, um, has given us this year, so. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, it really does come with a level of compassion and understanding for the client themselves and understanding that, you know, it's not their fault, but also, um, you know, working with vendors and, and you know, and, and also understanding that, you know, when they block out a, a date and time, yeah, you know, you've moved it four times, you know, it, 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 yeah. it starts to really hurt the vendor. Yes. And like, how do you, how do you communicate that? Cause I'm sure some other vendors are listening here and, and, and wondering like, how do you communicate that to um, a bride or a groom when you're, when you're talking about, you know, maybe moving a wedding for the third and fourth time. And, but you're, you know, you're trying to keep the vendor happy and the vendor's like, Hey man, it's been like, a, you know, yeah. 180 days or know. Know, not 180 days, like, uh, like 18 months or uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and we have run into that situation where I've had vendors that have given up very large contracts and, and this is the third postponement at this point. And it's, it's educating. And that's part of my role, um, as a planner is educating the client on all aspects, like whether it's, COVID related things, or even just contracting of, well, why can't they just give it to me for this? Well, there's expenses involved in a hotel. Like, you know, if, if you're talking about a hotel venue, you're looking at room block numbers, like there's a mathematical, like, you know, they can't just give you everything. So it's, it's being an educator. And a lot of people, I will say, people have been good and they've been really understanding. So, um, uh, like, like I said, the compassion runs both ways. So whether it's a rebooking fee and just understanding that 
that that there may be more financial commitment involved. And um, but there's been other vendors like if we downsized an event and made it smaller, they're willing to change their contracts accordingly too. So you know it's it it goes both ways, and that's why I think that's another important reason to have a planner or someone that can guide you um, with excellent vendors because you know with good reputations and all of that kind of stuff because if you just go with anyone off the street and you don't know anything about them they and in any right all of these contracts most of these vendors could walk away at any point no one has to you know a lot of it, it their pandemic wasn't in anyone's clauses so um if they wanted to cancel they probably could just take your money and go and not really have there's no real legal leg to stand on so i think that's another reason to you know have solid yeah. vendors have a, that have a good reputation because a lot of it is yeah it may not be on paper but it's a mutual like i can vouch for you and um so i think that's an important aspect too of again going back to the brand and maintaining it so yeah i've had an epidemic uh clause in act of god epidemic uh yeah. clause in my contract force majeure however you yes. want to yeah. say it. um i've had that in my contract for probably years now and never did i ever think that i was going to have to actually use it use it um, i just had a great lawyer that you know um that drew up a contract for us that um you know whenever my um you know whenever i needed an update on my contract for my business and um and i was just like what's this weird paragraph he's like you probably yeah. want to leave that in there but you know it's it's likely never to happen yeah. you know whatever, blah 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 a lot of them don't include pandemic and epic like they had like war terrorism and all of that but they and i was like every single one you read now has epidemic and pandemic included in there but yeah, yeah it was it was a learning lesson for everyone but um i think just being able to roll with the punches and trying to um do the best we can for our clients is all we can ask for at this point because no one anticipated that what we would be here February 20 of 21 and we would still be talking about this type thing. I sure I surely didn't like um, but it's been a real eye opener <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, my uh, even though I have all that doc, I've had that and I was one of maybe the few people out there that did. Um, I, I got to say that, like, I haven't exercised it yet. I yeah. haven't said you have to whatever. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I've only I've only uh, you know just continued to work with people as long as they're willing to to work with me. Work. And, Absolutely, it's a two way street. It, yeah. As long as as for me and and my businesses, like if you're trying to find a date and you're like out there working hard to try and reschedule this, you know, um, like I've been very flexible in trying to make that happen. So like, and I think that like you're saying, most vendors have kind of been the same because we're all we're in this together. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. and we will all come out of it together. It's just, yeah, we will. I mean, and, and you know what, RIP to the people who didn't, um, you know, because it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault. And yeah. I, uh, I consider myself thankful that yeah. I was set up in a way that like, I've been able to survive this as long as I had. And so many yeah. people have not, and it's a, it's a real, it's a real yeah. shame. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. Wah, wah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sad topic. Okay, let's talk about something happy. Um, uh, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about um, the packages that you offer. Um, you know, and uh, obviously, uh, you handle a lot of. You, you know, you have twenty five percent corporate events, um, and sort and you know, and the seventy five percent you know wedding events. Uh, talk a little bit about the packages that you offer for for both, and you know, 
So for weddings and social events, um, I kind of have three packages is what, what I call full service, um, start to finish soup, soup to nuts. Um, and from the day you sign me to the day you get married is I'm, I'm your person. Um, and then I have what's called a partial. Um, and that's kind of for the in-between that, you know, all the vendors and stuff have kind of been selected and you just, or you just need referrals. Um, I like to call it more of a consultant. Like I'm your you can text me or call me if you have a question, but like you're doing a lot of the legwork of like, you know, contacting vendors and stuff like that. And I will share my vendor list and all of that with them. And then I have what's called, or it's it's a more recent, more popular um, weekend of coordination type package. So that's where our couples plan everything. And I come in about a month or so, two months out and create a timeline and basically execute their vision and just am doing the work on site. So they, you know, our couples get to enjoy um, the, the event and everything, all the hard work, and they're not worried about decorators asking when load in is or when loadout is. And, you know, those little like caterers are like, when, you know, what time's dinner, <laughs> like all of that kind of stuff. So um, just executing the event. And then on the corporate side, it's, it's a very much case by case situation. It's, I'll have a consultation. What do you need help with? Um, you know, it could just be, I've had people contact. I just need help finding a venue. That's all I need help with. And then we'll take it from here. Um, I need help with registration. I need, you know, I need accreditation help for my credits and registration and name badges and all of that. So it's, that's a very much a customized type um, uh, packaging and pricing and stuff like that. So sure. With the wedding stuff, um, how much of your business would you say of the 75% that is weddings, how much of that would you say falls into those three categories? So how much is like full planning? How much? Yeah, it's been, um, I will say uh, probably half and half really. And I do limit the number of full services I take because obviously it is a lot of commitment and a lot of work. Um, so I like to take if in my like, you know, month, like maybe one full service, maybe two, just depending on the size. And then if I have an open, we can take like a day of coordination in there in between. But I do try to limit myself just again, so I don't get burnt out or anything. And right now it's just me. Ultimately, if I do find additional help, we can take on more. Um, and I only do one event a weekend um, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's probably 50, 50. Um, I am seeing a trend of more uh, uh, brides that are getting married a little older. So they, they have more work commitments. They have more other things that they have to deal with full time that they don't have time to deal with. Like, you know, plan a wedding. And so I have been getting a lot more of those calls. Like, this is what I want. This is the date, go and do it type thing. So I'm like, perfect. Um, and then another popular destination events have become really popular. Um, uh, I'm getting a lot of calls of that, um, like whether it's Florida or Mexico or, you know, um, I think that will be another huge trend once flying and everything really um, becomes open, I guess. Um, yeah, but, people like to talk about the impact of Zoom meetings and how, you know, maybe uh, commercial real estate, um, you know, <laughs> going to shrink uh, and there's going to yeah. be a bubble that kind of bursts with that. Um, that said, I think that's probably not a, a not a far stretch at all but I do think there's going to be a sibilance of like man we have not all been in a room together for like 18 months it is time for all of us to get in a room together and hang out again and yeah. then the future ripple of that I think 
will become uh, very interesting as to w- which way it decides to play out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it, people want to celebrate. It's, it's human nature. It's, you know, um, like what, last Saturday, Sunday was a Super Bowl. People, it's, you have people that have no interest in any sort of football or sports in general, but they still want to be together and celebrate, whether it's with family, extended friends. Um, and like, you know, with the eating out and dining out, like that's definitely taken a change. So I think, I definitely think once we get the thumbs up and we can figure this, and I think people are starting to figure out how to do it safely. Um, I've definitely hosted events this like late 2020. Um, it just depends on the space. If you could do it outdoors, awesome. That'd be great. Um, and implementing some and knock on wood, I haven't had any like, you know, events that have, you know, resulted in anything, any sickness or anything like that. So I think if we can ultimately figure it out safely and people, and the, obviously the vaccine and everything, um, I think it'll come back in full force. Like it's, people are ready. <laughs> Yeah, people are ready. I mean, I talk to brides and grooms and uh, people for, you know, events daily and um, people are, people are ready. Uh, People miss people. People want to hug each other. (laughs) You know, Thanksgiving was weird this year. Like all the major holidays were just weird. I think people are ready or just any reason to celebrate. So, um, but we just got to, you know, hang in there a little longer. And I think ultimately we will come out of this full force so right and i mean what cities um going back to like uh like what you do and where you do um you know what cities do you typically service is there one that you're kind of more home based in is it here in atlanta like where you're based is yeah atlanta's my home base um i do majority of my work um but then when i start doing more destination um florida is the biggest at least for the atlanta brides to go down to florida um, so I do, I've done several events in Orlando, Amelia Island is a very pop for corporate and social events. Um, back in my previous, um, life, I was, um, uh, meetings happen in Amelia Island because they have great properties down there. Um, I was down there like every other weekend, almost it felt like, um, so that one's, and then any beach location really is it's, you know, us in Atlanta being inland, you know, we just want to try to get out as much as possible, but, um, and then like going a little further out, like Cabo's a popular destination for um, uh, weddings, um, easy to get to. And they are, they're very, all the properties are very much familiar with South Asian weddings because there is another aspect when we're doing South Asian weddings, we need to make sure we can get the vendors that we need um, down there as well. Um, so uh, that does sometimes limit where we can go, but uh, Cancun and Cabo and all of them have, they've been doing a significant number of Indian weddings. So they, they actually, you can pretty much get everything you need down there now. And their chefs have been trained on Indian cuisine. So you really, you know, you're all set and all you have to do is bring yourself and your outfits and you're good to go. So for maybe people that aren't so, um, hip to Indian weddings and yeah. sort of what they involve, um, maybe give us a run through about what that is, maybe the, the really special things that you got to have um, for uh, a wedding of this type. And then also like the vent type of uh, things you expect out of the vendors that you're, that you're hiring um, to be able to provide. Yeah. So traditionally, um, if you were uh, an Indian wedding in India would be four or five days long. That's 
like that. And that's on the shorter side. Like they can go like, you know, celebrations start like a week out. Uh, so uh, a traditional Indian wedding here in the States would probably be at a minimum two days, maybe three. Um, so you start with um, on, on the first day, either at the family homes, um, you start with little ceremonies, the bride and groom are separated at their individual homes. And then um, the next day, uh, you would kick off with what's called a sangeeth or a gerba, which is um, uh, what would translate into a musical night. So you could have live bands, um, that's kind of live music, um, a lot of just eating, drinking and dancing, basically. Um, and then you roll into the next day, which would traditionally, um, you start off with what's called a barat, and that's the groom's processional. And he either, that's where he, like you'll see horses, you'll see cars, exotic cars. Um, I've had a groom ask for an elephant before. Um, you know, anything, um, I've seen a fire truck. <laughs> so you can get creative, however the groom wants to enter. And then you have the wedding in the morning followed by a lunch and then, we uh, traditional Indian weddings, we take a break. Like there's a there's a reset. Um, so you re and you change hair and makeup's done again, um, and then you go into the reception. So it's um, at a minimum two days, three days, and traditionally, like Indian weddings, like if 200 people is kind of a, on the smaller end of an Indian wedding. Like these weddings can get into four or five hundred, and that's normal. <laughs> so, so in the tradition, um, like if you were uh, you know, in India and you were, you were doing this wedding and it's like a week long. Yeah. I mean, are, and I mean, uh, are, are people just taking a week off from work for a wedding? They're, they're taking, uh, well, like if I were to travel to India, yes, I would like, you know, if I were to attend a, but like there, they would, they would cut like the local guests would come for different events. Um, if they're in the evening, then, you know, they'll come after work, um, or, maybe just one person from the household would come. But yeah, if um, when I if I were to go to a wedding, we take, obviously to travel that far, we would take two weeks off and, you know, um, but yeah, it's people, you know, then there's not like a full day event. Like, you know, you could have an evening event or dinner or some things like that, but it's a very, in the Indian community, it is all about um, community, family, and, um, and a celebration again, like going back, people just want to celebrate. So, um, and a lot of a lot of these families have long-standing ties in the community. Community. So, um, you you know you want to invite everyone and you know celebrate with everyone too. Yeah. So would it be something like this? Like if they you know say your family was attending a wedding, um, maybe like on Monday, pop shows up. Maybe Tuesday, mom goes like Wednesday, et cetera. And then maybe they, you guys all like congregate at the end of the week together to go to the big shebang. Is that kind of like what I'm Yeah, that's for? kind of, yeah, yeah. So just depending on schedule, like, uh, yeah, like my, uh, we have one coming up like a family event and my mom and I will go to one of the events. And there's some events like the henna party is only for women. So, um, so there's certain events that, you know, that only women attend and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's the it's usually the Sangeeth wedding and reception are the main events that everyone would go to. And then everything else, like you you go as you please or as needed, basically. So now I, you just gave me a great idea. I want an elephant at my wedding one day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, now I, 
I now don't I know of anyone in Atlanta that does it. I do know there's a company in Florida that does it that you can That's get. That's hilarious. So the yeah. zoo doesn't rent out their elephants? I don't. You can get married at the zoo if, if you haven't seen the new space at the zoo. It's beautiful. But I heard it is. I have not seen it yet. That's actually, zoo Atlanta. <laughs> actually on my hit list. So Zoo Atlanta, I'm coming for you. Yes. It's a podcast. Like it's already been really because I, I heard about this new venue, but I've not yes. uh, I've not yet seen it. Yes, oh, and yeah. it overlooks the the elephant. So you just have the elephants going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. See, now I, I could see myself like yeah. you know, riding in with the elephant or like yeah. <laughs> you know, com, coming along with like, you know, like a leash or something, you know, like, uh, as, like I'm going to be able to control the elephant anyway. Yeah, <laughs> of uh, course. You know, uh, you know that, that would be a pretty baller way to enter into you know I think uh, any party like let's yeah. be honest like let's be real here it's like any party. I have arrived <laughs> <laughs> because let's like the Barat the pro groom's processional is probably the one aspect the groom has control over because that is it's his to plan it's like you know I've had the exotic cars and so it's there they're looking up all the like on the exotic car list like I want this and like usually it's it's your event, you take it. And there's a lot of uh, dancing and music going on. So um, they, I've gotten some interesting requests. So. Yeah, I bet. I mean, well, everybody's different, right? So everybody's different. You know, some people just want a golf cart, like a decorated, and we're like, let's, we can do that. Like, just go down to Peachtree City. They got a whole bunch of them down there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I do remember there was one wedding. Oh gosh, this was a while ago. Um, we did the horse and carriage. Um, and for some reason, the the carriage was there it, it arrived but the horse trailer didn't make it or i i don't know or it went to a different hotel or something happened and this was a wedding i was a guest at and i was like oh gosh and like you know i'm like my planner mode came into i was like oh god i need to go help like this is what's gonna happen um so we had a carriage but no horse so i straight up lined up all the groomsmen i was like y'all need to pick this up so we had six like I think we had six groomsmen I was like y'all need to pick this up and start pulling and it was it turned out awesome but it's those moments like that like the pictures are priceless and I was <laughs> like and I um I talked to the groom after I was like oh my god like you know I'm so I'm and he was like, I don't even care about the horse not showing up. Like, I actually think this worked out better. And I was like, oh, good. Okay. Because I was going to go yell at the horse company for you. But, uh, but yeah, like it's moments like those spontaneous moments that really make um, an event like that. So that's hilarious. <laughs> now you just gave me a secondary idea. Yeah. Now I have my friends like, <laughs> it, it looked like a chariot eventually. That's what yeah, it was. Exactly. Like. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I might want to get them like some like horse pins though. Yeah. You know, that would be a no, nice it's your way. Wedding, you get to do whatever you want. That's what I say. Bride yeah. girl, it's your one day. Ask for whatever. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, hey. It's, uh, Your bridal party has to say yes. It's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> it is the rules. That's right. Anything I say goes that yeah. one day. Uh, that one day. Yeah, let's not get carried away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, man, I love that. Um, and, you know, it's that kind of creativity that sort of, uh, you know, that planners have to have. Um, I mean, when you're, when things go wrong, you got to make lemons into lemonade, right? Um, and just roll with the punches. Um, you know, things aren't gonna, you can, you know, we do timelines, we do walkthroughs, we do 
you come up with contingency plans, but it's, um, a, you know, you could have a very detailed, but things may go wrong, but it's, it's how you adapt to the situation and move forward. And ultimately, um, shielding your couples from anything like, you know, crazy that's happening. Like, honestly, like they don't need to know about anything else that's going on outside instead of, or enjoying their time with their bridal party, getting ready and stuff like that. That's what I cherish most is letting them have their moment. And then ultimately you could fill them in after the fact about everything, but that day, let them live in bliss, like, um, you know, and try to um, manage as much as you possibly can. But knowing, going into situations like things, you know, we have it on paper, but things are going to have to change and being adaptable and making or and going with those changes and being flexible, really. Um, and the, and that goes for all vendors like photography, like, you know, things may be delayed, but, you know, I'm you're still going to need to capture those portraits and stuff like that. But you may only have 10 minutes now versus 30. So I think all around just being flexible and adaptable is super important as vendors. Well, I mean, we're in the service industry, right? Yeah. I say this on almost every podcast, so I'm sorry, but it's the truth. We're yeah. there to serve others. And uh, um, if, if you're not serving others and giving them what they want, uh, you're not going to have a very long lifespan in this industry. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's how I feel. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about you because my favorite way to wrap these right. things up is just to give people a, a, a little dive into exclusively who you are. Um, PG-13, of course, because we are a family <laughs> program, um, you know, uh, yeah. but the, uh, but, you know, I like to, I like to ask like some real simple questions that sort of give everybody like an idea as to like who you are as a person. So I think we've seen plenty of personality to this point, but <laughs> you know, these are a little bit more pointed questions and sort of exposes how you like to spend your time and what you like to do. So yeah. with that, um, tell me, um, uh, are you much of a TV watcher? And if so, do you, is there any shows that are like really speaking to your heart these days? Yeah. Oh gosh. COVID has really, um, yeah. TV has kind of like, I'm not too big into movies, but TV like, for sure. Um, I, I did binge Bridgerton on Netflix. I think a lot of the girls have done that. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, because I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's on Netflix. A lot, I bet all, uh, a lot of your female um, listeners, I'm, I'm sure they've seen it or heard about it. Um, uh, so I've, that one was the most recent. Um, but I've been also, I'm, I'm kind of like into the criminal minds, like law and order. Like I like that type of, and like medical dramas. So I've, I'll, that will always be on in the background in my house. Like a rerun of Criminal Minds or like um, ER or any one of those type of dramas. I just like having that. That's my white noise. So, um, I, and then I've, I have, I've, in the past, I have made the mistake of watching it too late. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't have Criminal Minds on at 11 o'clock at night. That's probably not the smartest, but. It's like you're dreaming about people in surgery yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And serial killers, and I'm like, I live alone. <laughs> not the smartest thing. <laughs> That's funny. Is there? Uh, but I gotta ask because I have guitars in my background here. Yeah. Is, is there like a particular type of music uh, that you enjoy or listen to, or a favorite band, or anything like that? Um, I like a lot of everything, like country music, um, Bollywood music, which is Indian music, um, hip hop. Um, my favorite artist would be Celine Dion. Um, I'm a huge Celine Dion fan. Uh, but I think like 90s music was like, 
and when I say 90s, I'm talking like Backstreet Boys and stuff like that was probably the best genre. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. I mean, it's so funny that a lot of those songs are like kind of back now for weddings and events. Yeah, and stuff. yeah I love hearing a good like Celine Dion as a first dance. I'm like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> it's like every client comes in, you know, I think my heart will go on with me. Really <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, that's that's funny um, and uh, and true because I mean like I said the the, the 90s are in um, you know I know uh, in in my world of the business um, people are asking for you know a ton of that kind of music are um, they oh good and even to the other side of things where they're asking for like Panic at the Disco and like all that kind of you know I think a good mix is great like you don't like again in the audience like you kind of have to cater to everyone or little of everyone so I think a good good mix is always a good idea it's always a good idea it and always Beyonce at a wedding is always I think a good idea too it's always a winner it's true <laughs> um that's cool um it's a song like what's the most requested that you've heard of like oh man uh from the 90s or no just in general like if like the couples like what is one song that people always request um I would say that's not first dance related. Um, I would say usually no diggity has to make the playlist. At some oh, point. Okay. Like most people like are kind of wanting that song. And if they're not really wanting that song, they really do want it anyway. They don't know they did. Uh, yeah. Until you play it. And you're like, I didn't know I needed that in my I life. I can't tell you how many times, and this is a little revealing into my world uh, for my listeners, but which I, maybe I don't do very often, but like, I can't say how many times people are like, you know, you know, I don't know that, you know, things like no diggities is really what we want. I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. And then somewhere in the middle of the night, like, you know, the, um, you know, the, the maid of honor or something comes running up to us and they say, we want to hear no diggity. And I'm like, you got to go clear that with the bride first. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then ultimately the bride comes back and she's like, oh yeah, if yeah, we could just, you could just play no diggity, that'd be great. Like I, it's so funny always on the no playlist. Was that? Is there one that's always on the no playlist for y'all? Uh, pretty much anything to do with like line dances are pretty much done. Like, I'm I don't like any of the organ. I'm not like a cupid shuffle or any like I don't like that any kind of, of stuff. Organized. Almost everybody does not want. Okay, good. I thought I was the only one, but I I hate it. I don't know why. <laughs> Some people like it, and, and if Some they do, do, but yeah. Often what we do is, um, you know, if that gets requested on the day of, we just, uh, you know, on a break or something, we'll iPod it or something because because oh, yeah. that way, it, you know, it it, it doesn't. Um, yeah, and it doesn't take it into your set time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because you know uh that's that's just kind of a general rule i think for most bands is that like if you didn't rehearse it um yeah. you don't want to wing it yeah um because if you wing it and it doesn't go well it reflects badly on your brain and that's what people are going to remember yeah <laughs> right exactly and that's what ipods are for um yeah. you know so or, or what we call ipods which is now basically just streaming yeah. um so uh but yeah so t is there give me an activity that you like to do that's um outside of your work life that you know really fulfills you and makes you you know feel good yeah so uh i grew up playing tennis um and then i stopped for a while and then just recently i was like i need something like just you know an outlet type thing so i i joined a local um alta team here so i get uh, once a week and then we practice so like it's just something that i get to do and for two hours or you know on the weekend a couple of hours a match or whatever just to not think about things and you know put your phone up not checking emails um 
all of that kind of stuff. Um, I just find that we're so accessible. Like even this, I like, you know, with the, I, I'm like, oh, I got an email. Like you, it's like, you can, you're always available. So like, I, that's kind of my time to unplug really, because if I'm in a match, I'm not answering phones or doing any of that. So um, that's been a really, and what, you know, with nice weather and stuff, it's a, it's a perfect little activity for me. So. Yeah. It's a, um, to me um, that with COVID it sort of blew the doors off of when people were available um, there used to be sort of at least a sibilance, even with email and having a smartphone next to you all the time, there used to be some sort of understanding that at like 7.30, you might not get an email back until tomorrow morning. And I've, that is one thing that I've had to learn and change about myself too, because I was always responding like, and, and I, and I, I will, I, I take calls in the evenings just because the, it's the line of work we're in where, you you know, they, they're working all day. So they, the only time they can talk is in the evening. So, but I have been trying to be mindful of like cutting it off at a certain time and then just not turning off the uh, laptops and like not looking at emails unless it's like the weekend of a wedding. And I know that then I'll t- respond to texts and stuff, but if it's just a regular week, then yeah, it, it can like, you know, it affects your sleep. It affects all sorts of things they say. Like, so, you know, just trying to decompress, um, so yeah, tennis has been my outlet for stuff like that. That's really cool. And that that little uh, uh, that little scheduling email button is like my favorite thing. Uh, I, I absolutely love it uh, because you know if I feel like I absolutely well, let me back up and say this. I think that if we enable clients from the beginning yes. to let us do these things all the way until eleven o'clock at night, then that will become the expectation. However. Um, to satisfy the inner alpha person that I am, I am and that you have professed to be, um, I always want to get that email done and out of my way um, because it's top of mind and it just came in and whatever. And even if I sit and type the email, I will schedule it if it's after a certain hour to yeah. go the next morning because yeah. I think that there's value in uh, feeling like you got it out of the way, but also essentially training the, uh, you know, the client. Yeah. Hey, you can't email me at 930 at night and expect for me to get back to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I 100%, I think setting the precedent and it's, it's on our part as well too, to, because I made that mistake early on that I was responding at all hours and, um, but no, I, I've definitely trained or tr- started to train at least all my newer clients and everything that, you know, I, I'm willing to take calls to accommodate scheduling, but like, you know, cert, you may not get a response and, right. and to, or, you know, like if I'm going on a vacation, actually take the vacation. Like, don't like, it's hard because I'm like the only one that can respond, but like I notify people like, Hey, I'm going to be out. So if you don't hear from me, like it must, or if you really, like, it has to be really important for me to respond type thing. So but I don't know when the last time I had a true unplugged vacation actually was because we're so accessible. So I think that's next on my list of things that I need to try to accomplish. Even if it's, even if it's like a 48 yeah, hour. My assistant, right. My assistant tells me this like near daily. She's <laughs> like, when are you going to stop and take a weekend? Just give me yeah. a weekend, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's funny is that when I, when I decided to take on it, an assistant, I was just like, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to take a vacation. And what I've done was, is I've given her a lot of work and then created even more work for myself. So now I have to figure out how to like break away from that 
will always be work. I know. It's just <laughs> you know, the way growing and expanding, there's always gonna be something else. So I think yeah. it's ultimately like, you know, you just have to, oh God, just pull the cord and do it. <laughs> when my assistant listens to this part of our podcast, she's gonna like literally throw it back in my face. Like for she's gonna totally be like, see, I've been telling you this for take it back. There was one trip that I took that I truly did unplug, but it was not by choice. It was about four years ago. Um, a friend of mine, uh, we went to China and you can't access email there. Like they restrict everything. So we, our phones weren't working. Our Gmail was not working. So we, we couldn't commute. Our Instagram wasn't working. So we had no communication. So it was a real off the grid type moment for those couple of days. So I was like, that's, that's just probably as close as I've gotten to, you know, not, you know, unless you're someplace that has no Wi-Fi is probably the only um, place that I can probably truly unplug. About six years ago, I went to Jamaica for 17 days and um, I was off the grid for all, pretty much all of those 17 oh. days. Like the first, um, the first, uh, I'd say five days, I was constantly looking at my phone, trying to grab it trying to see if I missed anything. Like emails or to just like check like social media or news or pop like. Uh, all of it, emails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just like, let me just check back in with the world. And then about around day six, yeah. I settled into this, like I was kind of looking at it once a day to make sure that there was nothing on, in the world on fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> by, by day 14, I was, uh, or no, by day, I was there 17 days. So by day like 10, or 11, I didn't look at it for an entire week. That's and, awesome. <laughs> and honestly, just now thinking about it um, and thinking about it again, it, I, I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> probably say like, what, it takes 14 days to break a habit or, you know, so like it's, I, and, but it's like a detox or a cleanse. I think every year everyone should take two weeks off of, and usually it's the holidays. Like that's kind of the time where I like, you know, I, because I'm with family or I'm with people, right. you know, and you're so busy that you don't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. But this year we were all at home. Like, you know, so it's basically, you know, there was no gatherings or anything. So I feel, I felt like I worked through the holidays too this year and didn't really get a break then. So, right. uh, but I think it's smart that we should all, especially in our small business worlds to take a moment, smell the roses too, and enjoy what we're doing and enjoy the fruits of our labor too. So I've told people before, I hope that one day I can get my business to a point to where every year as the leader and the, like the true like person that's driving the engine and the, yeah. that is um, forecasting the future and, and dealing with everything is that I can somehow find a way to take a month off consecutively every year. So it's like maybe the whole month of January, I'm just gone. I think that's, yeah, that's an awesome goal. Um, the company though, like I have control issues of giving of course. Like, or is that all of us? If I not, you know, like, I, I have the control I, issues. even like trying to bring someone in. I'm like, you can interview people, you know, you could do all of this, but like, it's, it's until they actually come in to your fold that are we a good fit? And so I'm having like, it's like a little bit of, I need the help, but then I'm like, do I want to give it up? Like it's, it's a, it's a push and pull. So. Right. It is. It's very much a push and pull, but, yeah. um, you I, know, I, me, I like the idea of taking a whole month off. That would be me thinking cool. about like how close I got with the 17 days. It made me, and the ideas and like the, the, 
vision and the um the anxiousness to get back to work and to like really do it um whenever i took those 17 days off i i realized that um it was now i've not lived this since then and that's the that's the hilarity of this whole thing (laughs) i realized how important it was but i've not yet done it since and now that i'm talking about it in extreme detail my assistant is really gonna get me now it's recorded and it's it's on the internet now so it's, yeah, I'm, it's there forever so we're gonna hold you to it i'm in trouble uh no doubt um but um before i let you go i always yeah. want to always want to um i always try and remember to ask this question i haven't been doing it here recently but i just remembered so i'm gonna ask yeah, no um problem. and uh and we'll make this our closing uh statement here what's one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's just starting out in the industry that is, you know, trying to find their way. Um, what's what's something that you would say to encourage somebody like that that's trying to, you know, get their get their contacts off the ground, find clients, you know, and deal with the infrastructure build and all that kind of stuff. What would you say to them to encourage them to keep on? I would I would encourage them to um, reach out to fellow con or vendors and colleagues and use them as a resource and don't think of them as competitors but think of them as uh because i didn't get here by myself i had mentors i had like you know and there's a lot of us that want to help the next generation um and or just you know we're we're all treated as a team and not competitors so i would say get your name out there if you need to intern if you need to shadow like ask for those opportunities like especially in the planning world, like I'm always looking for extra set of hands. Like, mm-hmm. um, and again, I don't necessarily, if, if you have the time and can do it for free, awesome. If not, maybe work under someone for a little while and then branch off onto your own. Um, but I think, I think garnering those contacts and those relationships is probably ultimately what's going to serve you best. Um, because um, even in my world, like I, if I can't take something on, I refer it out to someone as well. Like, you know, so keeping, um, again, thinking, uh, don't think of everyone as competitors, I guess, is my um, ultimate statement. And think of all of us as a, you know, we're, we're all working towards one goal. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, shadow or intern or do something with a, an established person, I would say for at least a, a decent amount of time. And then and then is that really what you want to do? Like, you know, if, if you just woke up one day and was like, I want to become a wedding planner, I would maybe go into it and try it first before you, you know, left everything behind or made this huge career change. Because I have, I've heard of those stories where they're like, oh, I, you know, I planned my sister's wedding and it was fun. Let me go do this. Yeah, it's a little different. So, yeah. um, um, but yeah, like if, and I, I know there's plenty of people out there that's, are, that are willing to give opportunities to others. So, and, and ask questions, like it's, that's not a sign of weakness to ask like, and get opinions. And, um, but yeah, I think trying to find like a mentor mentee type relationship would be super helpful as well. I love it. I think that's a great way to wrap today up. Hey, Adina, thanks so much for being here. Everybody check out Amina events. They're awesome. Uh, there'll be uh, links in the comments uh, below and uh, in, in all the descriptions and stuff. Um, so make sure you check out Anita. She's obviously amazing, right? Thanks, Jacob. I had so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for being here. And uh, this has been another episode of Southern Wedding Professionals. Like and subscribe, because if you don't, I will find you.
<laughs> I will find out where you are and you listening to all my episodes and not liking and subscribing. So make sure you do that before you go so you don't miss another awesome wedding professional. I'm Jacob and I'll see you next time. See ya.